Lord had made, you got me too loud or something. Feeding back up here. Amen. Can everybody hear me okay? Thank you, Father. Well, did you joy, enjoy Sister Leslie the other night? Well, she's something. She was a blessing, wasn't she? She's a blessing to the world, a gift to them from God. We are gifts to the, ministry, to the church. And you receive us as gifts, right? You're thankful for your pastor. Thankful for the gifts that God has put in your presence. That he loved you so much that he sent us to <clears throat> be a blessing to you. Amen. 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 All right. If you got your Bibles, I'd open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Talking on the subject of spirituals, things of and pertaining to the Holy Ghost. Amen. Things of and pertaining to the Holy Ghost. Now concerning things of and pertaining to the Holy Ghost, God would not have us ignorant. Paul says, I would not have you ignorant concerning spiritual gifts in verse 1. So he's speaking by inspiration of the Holy Ghost. So the Father would not have us ignorant. Ye know that ye were Gentiles, carried away into these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts, but it's the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations, but it's the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Manifestation. A sudden manifestation of God's Spirit coming on the scene. Amen. And that's what we all need. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another discerning of spirits. To another diverse kinds of tongues. To another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and selfsame Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Now, that's the same thing that he said, that there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit, different ways, different kinds of gifts. And then in verse 11, it's the Holy Ghost in all of the gifts here. Sometimes there are operations of God and there are different ways sometimes the way they are administered, but it's the same Lord that's doing it. Now, showing us here that it's the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, they are one. And the manifestation of the Spirit is what God wants us to have. This is the ministry of the Holy Ghost. This is what He's doing right now in the church. If people are available, that means by being available that people believe in it, believe in the gifts of the Spirit, not just believing that God is powerful or that God is all-powerful, 
but that there are manifestations of the Holy Ghost that we should expect to be in our lives on a regular basis. Not just once in a while. And we have to stir ourselves up sometimes uh, for this. I said this in the outline, but I remember reading years ago that Wigglesworth said that if the Spirit doesn't move, He moves the Spirit. In other words, He sits right there until the Holy Ghost does something. Amen. Amen. Sometimes I've seen ministers. I remember one time, uh, Lester Summerall, when we were at, uh, I was at Rhema visiting and uh, to a, a seminar meeting. And Lester Summerall was up on the platform going back and forth, stirring up himself and stirring up the Holy Ghost. And he stirred up the Holy Ghost and, until there were manifestations of the Spirit that started happening. And I share with you that that one night in particular, that I was sitting in the back, and uh, if you were looking at the platform, because seats are all the way around, just about a lot more than here, of course. And I was over in that area, and uh, I was sitting there beside a friend that I had, uh, was visiting down there. But uh, matter of fact, young fellow that I had pastored, he went on and went to Ramah. Well, that night something blew up my lungs. And that was the weirdest manifestation. I, to me, it's a wonder. I don't understand yet to this day why it happened that way. It's just an operation of God, manifestation of the Spirit, and the way the Lord ministered it. Amen. Any way He wants to. We can never put the Holy Ghost in a box. We can never say how he's going to do something. But I, I, I could care less how he does it. I just want him to do it. Amen. I want him to do it. And because if with, without the Holy Ghost and without these gifts and manifestations, we have nothing to offer the world. Uh, because uh, witchcraft has more to offer them than us. Outside the fact that we can offer them salvation, yes. But I'm talking about the power of God. Remember Paul said, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom but in demonstration of the Spirit and the power. And so we've got to have some demonstrations if we're going to convince the world, the Muslims, uh, the Buddhists, and all of the groups on this earth, the, uh, the atheists. We just have to prove to them that God is alive and that Jesus has raised from the dead and every miracle done in His, in his name proves that He is. And when the Holy Ghost gets to manifesting, there's no way that the devil can top it. Amen. We have examples in the Old Testament of uh, when Moses went in and uh, threw his rod down, but yet the, uh, the false ones, or what, you, what were they? I forget. Huh? Sorceress threw theirs down and it turned into serpents also, but ours is greater. God's serpent ate up the devils, right? And so we got to have these things and we ought to, and the world has a right to see them. Amen. So he told us that when we go into all the world, he said signs should follow. Because he knows, God knows, and we ought to know by now, that just good preaching don't do it. And Christians have gotten lazy. And Christians don't really want a lot of stuff. They just want to do a little spiritual religious thing. But they don't really want to get involved. And they don't want to get involved in this because it, it, it calls for commitment. It calls for us to seek God. But we're going to have to do it if we're going to have it. Or we're going to be an re ordinary, regular, or charismatic church that's literally dead without Him. We're dead without the, the, the Holy Ghost. Amen. We're just dead. Dead on our tracks. Amen. So let's make up our mind 
that uh, if the Holy Spirit don't move, we're going to move the Spirit. Amen. And I'll give you an example of how that happened uh, tonight in, in the lesson. But we're talking about the, the gifts of the Spirit, and we said to divide it into three categories. There's the three uh, revelation gifts, something is revealed. And then there's the three uh, power gifts, uh, something is done. And then the three utterance gifts, inspirational gifts, something is said. Well, even in the power gifts, in one of them, in the gift of faith, something is said. But it's, it, it is God's faith being released, not yours. His faith being released. And without it, you're not going to receive what it is, whatever it is you need. You just don't have faith for it. And there's no way you're going to ever get it unless God gives us his kind of faith. So the three revelation gifts, of course, were the word, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. And we talked about those in three, two previous lessons. And I'm having to sum up. But on the power of gifts, I'm going to take one night per gift. Three power gifts, three that do something. Three that perform something. Three that cause something to happen so that people can see, amen, and understand the power of God. And then we'll spend one service on the revelation, the utterance gifts. And really, I'm not doing it justice, but that's just where we were limited in these classes. Are you all with me tonight? Amen. Now, we're dealing with the three power gifts, which are the gift of faith. Everybody say the gift of faith. Amen. See, and then there's the gift of the working of miracles. Say that. And then the gifts of healings, and that's always in the plural. Everybody say the gifts of healings. Yes. Now, the highest in authority, I would have to say, or the most important one here, of these three gifts, of course, it would, wouldn't make any difference. Whatever you needed, that would be more important to you, wouldn't it? Yes. <laughs> I mean, if you need to be healed, you'd like to have the gifts of healing, even though it might be the lesser, we say it like this, the lesser of the three power gifts. Uh, the, the highest or the greatest in authority of these three is the gift of faith. This is not to be confused with Romans 10, 17, which states, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This gift does not come by hearing. This gift does not come by praying. This gift does not come by studying. This gift does not come by going to seminars. You might go to one and it happened to you, but it doesn't come that way. Amen. This one doesn't come. It is a supernatural. It is supernatural. And it has to do with a manifestation of power. It's going to do something. An instant supernatural manifestation of God's faith is required to fall on you for power to be released in order for something to happen to you to receive something. A blessing, a healing, or whatever it may be. Now, Weymouth's translation says that he calls it special faith. Norval Hayes says this is not your regular kind of faith. Are y'all listening to me? Amen. And then the Amplified Bible says wonder working faith. How about that? I like that. Wonder working of faith. Definition, a supernatural endowment given by the Spirit of God, whereby that which is spoken or believed or desired by man or God shall come to pass. And I'm telling you, there's no way the devil can stop it when this happens. Let me say it, read this again. A supernatural endowment. We're talking about God's faith coming on you. I don't care how much you have and how much you've read the word of God and how much you've studied. 
This is a supernatural endowment, a manifestation. Just his, his, his power, it really is. Power just comes on you. Power just consumes you. You have now a power to believe for a miracle where you would not have it without it. And I don't care how much you read because there are majority of the miracles and signs and wonders that happen are generally beyond your natural human faith. You can study word all you want to and you can have faith to be healed. But we're talking about an instance where it looks like it's just beyond your faith. Maybe your faith is saying no, 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 no way. But this faith that come on you to say yes, 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 and I'll not be denied. It is God's, now he has put it on you. It is as the spirit wills. So he wants it to happen. That's the reason he's given it to you. Are y'all with me tonight? Now, it seems, here's a quote from someone. I don't know who quoted it, but it's a good statement. It seems that those who possess this gift, now you don't own this gift all the time. You know, you're in the evangelist ministry. You'll find the gifts of healings and working of miracles generally work uh, prominently in the evangelist ministry. But this is nobody has this on a permanent basis. It's when the spirit wills. It seems that those who possess this gift believe God in such a way that God honors their word as his own and miraculously brings their word to pass, causes it to happen. This is, and here's another quote. This is a faith you could not get unless he, God, gave it to you and the manifestation would not come to pass unless he did. So you understand, I mean, you understand there's some things that are beyond your ordinary kind of faith. Amen. Now, just to walk up to water and depart it, it would take the work of the miracles. I don't care how much you studied the Bible, it's not going to make it work for you. It would take a manifestation, a supernatural endowment by the Spirit of God upon you for it to work, wouldn't it? Now, there are normal things we can get with our regular kind of faith that comes by hearing. So then faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And we can release that faith. And it is a force that's based on the word of God and cause things to come to pass. Amen. Now, I like this statement that the majority of the church has their mindset on the gift of faith. And so therefore, they're looking for some special minister or somebody that's going to lay hands on them and they be healed. And if they went up and had hands laid on them and didn't get healed or to their satisfaction, they feel like it don't work. And so they got their mind stuck in that gift. But look, faith, healing always comes to people who believe. It's the person's faith. You can develop your faith to the point you don't need the gifts of, of healings. But the working of miracles and things like that or things that require special faith. Wonder working faith. Now, this is an endowment by God. And, it, and it's available for us. We're in the, this is the Holy Spirit's ministry. We're, doing, we're living in the age of the Holy Ghost. His dispensation. It is part of his ministry. So why shouldn't we have them? There's no reason in the world why we shouldn't have them. I believe the reason we don't have them is because, number one, we've never fell in love with the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians. I mean, we need to show great respect and honor to that chapter. When I start talking about this, people ought to get reverent and show great respect because this is the ministry of the Holy Ghost. Many times I've seen where, where the Holy Ghost just gets grieved and he'll walk right out. 
He'll walk right out. He won't anoint anything you're doing. You're just ropey-dopey or whatever you're doing. You're doing it on your own. It's not him. And there's a lot of times I've been in church services where I'm doing it on my own. We're just going through a form and a ritual. Without the Holy Ghost, we are a form of godliness. I said without the Holy Ghost, we are a form of godliness. It may look religious. It may look spiritual. But when the power of God shows up, nobody has a doubt, do they? Amen. Now, Sunday night, the spirit of prophecy came on me. And I hadn't had it in a while. But the worship was good. It makes a difference. I said it makes a difference. And so the, and I've got just this unction in me that I've, I've got an unction to give a message. Now, I don't even know what it is. And then when I'm about to start, I get, I get this thought rolls up to my mind. The day's ahead. The day's ahead. That's all I got. So I started out with that. I didn't have any idea what was going to happen, what I was going to say. But the Holy Ghost said that the days ahead are not going to be like the days in the past. That there's going to be manifestations of the spirit of might. Spirit of might. And we are to stir ourselves up. Awake out of our sleepiness. Amen. Because we're going to need it in these last days. We're going to need a mighty power working in our lives personally. Well, I set myself in agreement. I asked uh, Brother Kevin, I said, that bear witness you? He said, Brother, it was sweet and I received it. Amen. Amen. Already claimed it for this year in his own life. How about that? So what is it? What is it not? I like to do this. It is not saving faith. Turn to Ephesians 2. There is such a thing as saving faith. How many of you know that's true? This is, it doesn't take the gift of faith to go in operation for you to get saved. Are you listening to me? Ephesians 2, 8, for by grace are you saved through what? And that is not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. God just gives you a, a, a measure of faith. He's given every man a measure. Of, this is not talking about the measure of faith you got. Or the faith that he gave you to get saved. It is not that. It is not regular faith or what I'd call general faith, which comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10, 17. It is not a fruit of the spirit. Look over here at Galatians chapter five and see what he says about the fruits of the spirit. Faith is mentioned there, isn't it? Galatians 5, 22. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness. What? Amen. Now, it can't be this because fruit grows, don't it? All right. It can't be uh, faithfulness, which would be character. I like to say character of a person. It is not for receiving general, this kind of gift now, gift of faith, is not for receiving general answers to prayer. Although you can get answers to prayer through faith, can't you? Mark eleven twenty four. 24, what things of you desire when you pray, do what? Believe you receive them and you shall have them. Now that's faith. If you believe you receive, then you're going to confess that you receive. You're releasing your faith. Amen. And it's manifested in your life. That's general faith. If it was the, took the gift of faith to get answers to prayer, then we'd never get one answered unless it went into operation, would we? And then if it took the gift of faith, then nobody could get an answer to prayer unless they're saved, filled with the Holy Ghost. Because these gifts do not operate through sinners. Now, in the Old Testament, it did, but the, the, the Spirit would come upon them. 
and come upon the prophet, priest, and the king or somebody specially endowed for a ministry or something they were called to do. But for the general public center, they didn't have these things operating. But in the body of Christ, everybody's available for it. But you got to be saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. So it can't be for gentle answers to prayer, can it? Because it would eliminate a lot of answers to prayer, wouldn't it? Look at the purpose. A release of power is needed. A miracle or healing is needed. Otherwise, we never receive. This gift is in close relation to the working of miracles, yet it is different. The gift of faith is passive. I don't know any other way to say it. The working of miracles is active. Are you listening to me? The gift of faith is passive, whereas the working of miracles is active. One receives a miracle. That'd be the gift of faith. Supernatural faith comes on you to where you believe for a miracle. Believe for a healing. And or causes a miracle to come to pass. And the other, the working miracle, works or does a miracle. Now, when Moses walked up to the Red Sea and took the rod and smoked the waters, that was a working of miracles, wasn't it? Are you listening to me? When words are spoken by this gift of the Spirit, the situation will come to pass and the devil cannot prevent it even though it may be instant or not. And when it comes to the gift of working of miracles, it's instant. When it comes to the gift of faith, it may happen right now or it may not happen right now, but it's going to happen. Amen. And he can't stop it. I said, it's going to happen. Amen. Are you with me, church? The working of miracles is instant, whereas the gift of faith may take time. Nevertheless, both are power gifts of the Spirit. This gift causes a supernatural boldness Glory to God, I've had it. A supernatural boldness to come upon you to where you are extremely confident and are not understanding of those in fear or unbelief. I always said it like this. Now you've heard me say it. When this kind of faith comes on you, you walk through the wall and you can't understand why nobody else can. And you don't know why they're so shook up about it. You're just so bold and so confident in God. It'll turn you. These are power gifts and they'll turn you into a different person. You think you're dealing with Superman here. You think you are Superman. I mean, there it is. Man, you got faith to believe it. And there it goes. You thought, what in the world? I could believe for it a while ago. It was so easy. It was so easy to believe for it. And then you got, it's like you get out of your mind and you're purely in the realm of the Spirit and God's faith. We're talking about the faith that He walks in, lives in, operates in all the time. Remember Mark 11, 22 says, have faith in God. And then someone says, have the God kind of faith. And the God kind of faith is in the work and in the gift of faith He has, He just speaks it. I mean, there's no delay on what He says. Now He does make prophecies and they do come to pass like that. But if he speaks, when he said light be, light was. Are y'all listening to me? Everybody say thank you Father for the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians. Thank you Father for the gift of faith. I'm available. I believe in it. I receive it. I thank you for it. God's faith power comes on me to where I can believe for any miracle. Amen. 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 Glory. 
Now, when I say any miracle, I don't mean that when it comes on, you just sit here and think for about 35 minutes and decide which one you want to do. There's something that needs to be done. You'll know exactly what it is. It'll come on you and you'll just speak to it. You'll just speak to it. It'll either move, it'll either happen, or the process will begin, but it will come to pass. Amen. It's God's kind of faith. It's the same kind of faith that created the heavens and the earth. It's the same kind of faith that holds the moon in its socket up in the heavens. It's the same kind of faith that's making trees grow. Keep right on growing. <laughs> Every day. It's God's power. Can you see that when we go to a sin-cursed world, why well, we've got to have that? Do you hear Kevin and them talk about this? How they have to have it? How he told me, he said, you've got to have miracles, Pastor. You've got to have them. You're going. You've got to have them. Well, I have them in Jesus' name. Yeah. I can tell you this. I'm not going to be an unbelief about it. Amen. I'm not going to doubt God. I'm going in faith that they're happening in the name of Jesus. Amen. Say amen, church. Amen. I've already sent instructions to Kinshasa. I was on the phone two or three times yesterday talking to them in Kinshasa. But, and sending emails. This is what's going to happen. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do in the daytime service, but this is what we're going to do at night, and the sick must come. Because our Lord Jesus Christ wants to work miracles. Amen. I, I'm going expecting the gift of faith to operate. I'm going expecting the working of miracles to operate. Gifts of healings just, and because the gifts of healings are probably the lesser of the gifts, wouldn't it make sense that we ought to at least have more of that operating than anything else? Was, well, I've never had the gift of faith operate in my life where I could just tell a mountain, move it, Jack, and it'll go because you said so. Hallelujah. And you know, when, you, when the gift of faith comes on, you don't have to hold fast to it because you said it. It's God speaking. You don't have to hold fast to it. I mean, it's just going to happen, doesn't it? It obeys him. This is, I, I believe this is the kind of faith. I believe Mark eleven twenty two when he spoke to that, or that, Mark 11, that story, when he spoke to that tree. I believe that was beyond ordinary faith. But that was a faith thing. That was releasing the gift of faith. It went into operation. But he told us to have that or have that kind of faith, God's kind, or this is the way we ought to operate in faith, whosoever shall say. So if I don't have the gift of faith, if I do, then I'm going to say, because I believe in my heart and I don't doubt in my head. And then if I don't have that gift, I'm still going to say, because I got God's kind. I act like God. Are y'all with me tonight? This kind of stuff puts us over, folks. We win. We don't lose. This is what we must have. And I believe that if we will press in to the Holy Ghost, we will get it. How many of y'all are ready? Come on, church. Are you ready for this? Close your eyes and say, oh God, I am desperate for the gift of faith. All right, let's look at some Old Testament examples. Go to Genesis 1 and let's just see it in operation here. Now you have to understand, it's in operation right here. This is God's kind. He operates in this every day, but <clears throat> it is in cooperation with the working of miracles here. Now there's no gifts of healings in these two stories. Remember in the Old Testament, they had all of the manifestations of the Spirit except for two, gift of diverse kinds of tongues with interpretation of tongues. They did have prophecy in the Old Testament, didn't they? That Diverse kinds of tongues interpretation as only happens in the church age. So all the more reason you can't say tongues have passed away. 
I mean, it wasn't in the Old Testament dispensation. And then they come up and say, well, God needed it just to start the church. And, and it's a tradition. It, God needed those gifts and those healings and miracles to get the church started. Honey, if it took that to get the church started, it's going to take more of it to get these hard-headed people in the kingdom of God today. Yeah. Amen. And to keep the church alive. What happens when the gift of discerning the spirit goes in operations and the pastor or somebody stands up and just pulls people's file? Now, the gift of discerning spirits went to operation in Peter's life, and then the gift of faith went on because he spoke it. And Ananias and Sapphira dropped dead. Because when he said, they that buried your husband have come to get you also, and then God acted like his words was his words. That whatever Peter said, God considered it, he said it. And you know, to bring judgment on people like that, that's beyond. You don't get that by hearing the word of God. That's right. huh? That's right. That it takes a boldness that people normally don't have. Amen. You would think that with the majority of the church, it takes that gift of faith just to come sit under me the way they act. Amen. <laughs> they get a nervous. I mean, just talking about the word. If I just start talking about tongues, you think, oh, Lord, please give them the gift of faith so they can sit here and take it. Are you in Genesis 1? In the, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. How did he do it? With the gift of faith and the working of miracles. The earth was without form and void and darkness upon the face of the deep. And he looked out and he said, oh my goodness, it's dark out there. <laughs> the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. He's the one's going to, he's the muscle of God. He's going to do it, but it's going to take God's faith. And God said, let there be light. He didn't work. Now, see, this is the gift of faith there. God said, let there be light. And there was light. Hmm. Holy Spirit operated on what God said. And you'll find about eight times in Genesis 1 that it says, and God said, and God said, and God said, and then God saw that it was very good. It was the gift of faith in operation. Are y'all with me tonight? Okay, uh, let's go to the book of Daniel. Just gonna give you a couple out of the old, a uh, couple maybe out of the ministry of Jesus, a couple out of the New Testament. And then we're gonna pray for them. How about that? Where did I tell you to go? Amen. Book of Daniel. These are good, are good ones here. Daniel chapter 3. How many of you remember the story when Nebuchadnezzar uh, made this statue and he sent out message that when everybody heard the voice of this music going on, they were to fall down and worship that statue. Isn't that right? But he had um, three hard-headed <laughs> children, Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who just would not bow. Isn't that right? Now, let's go down to verse 3, or verse 10, excuse me. Thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man uh, that shall hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoso falleth not down to worship it, that he should be cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom, always somebody like this, isn't it? There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the promise of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, the Bible says, why do the heathen rage? And the people imagine vain things. Who care less how, how mad they get? Right. <clears throat> Did anybody see the president's State of the Union last night? Amen. Did anybody happen to see Mr. Kennedy? <laughs> he was raging, won't he? 
He's mad because they found something of, of weapons of mass. He's mad because they went and got Saddam Hussein. He's mad because Saddam's not over there killing people still. He get right or he will not live longer. He will not live much longer. He don't get right. He's fighting God. I said he's fighting God. All right. Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury commanded to bring these guys here to him. So they brought them. Nebuchadnezzar spake unto them, and is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Did you not serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now if you be ready that at what time you hear the flute, now I'm going to give you a second chance here, if you fall down to worship, but if you don't, you shall be cast the same iron to the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And who is that God? I'm going to show you who that God is. Who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Isn't this something? The almighty God will by their coming upon them the gift of faith. Watch this. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered, said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we're not careful to answer thee in this matter. Said, oh, we ain't taking much time to think about it. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of thine. He will, he will, he will deliver us. But if not, be it known to thee, O king, we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury. I thought he was mad, pretty mad before. Now he's full of it. There's no room for any more. He's got all the fury that there is that he can have. Every demon of fury is right in him. This is amazing. And the form of vision, he looked like Kennedy. His visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace seven times more than it wanted to be heated. And he commanded the most mighty men, the most mighty men, I like that, that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them in the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, their hats, and their other garments were cast in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You got to know about that. That ought to put a smile on their face. They died and they didn't. All right. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down and bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto the counselors, Did not we cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like unto the Son of God. Look, folks, listen. It, you know it had to take something beyond your ordinary faith to walk around in that place and not scream and try to, he didn't say anything. They're screaming, they're crying, they're in terror. Nope, man, they got a boldness, they got a confidence upon them because the God's faith came on them. And they're walking around and here's a manifestation of Jesus Christ or somebody in there with them, son of God, walking around with them. Walking around, probably, probably singing, amazing grace. Oh, let's see. Let me think of another one they might be singing. I don't know. There's victory in Jesus. That's a good one. Or, uh, huh? Somebody's soul would catch. I can't sing that one now. Y'all pushing it to the limit tonight now. You're pushing me. I mean, you know, that took more than your regular ordinary kind of faith to do this. I believe God's faith came upon them. 
I mean, even if you won't burn it, it is just normal. I mean, it's normal for people to look at a situation and to panic. But I've seen people that should have been panicking and there was a supernatural anointing on them. Amen. Like, you know, when, the, when, the, when Brother Hagin heard that his Sunday school superintendent had fell down in the machinery and he walked up and his wife came up to him, calm, and said, Brother Hagin, isn't it not great that we've got inside information? You know that had to be the Spirit of God working in her. That had to be a gift of the Spirit. You don't look down and see your husband being mangled by <laughs> machinery and just, you cool. That took the gift of faith to do that. Are y'all with me? Let's go look at another one. Daniel chapter six. Here's a good one. Here's how you spend the night in the lion's den. Amen. You go in there and you better be, you better have fell in love with the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians. <laughs> and you better have great respect to the gift of faith when you go in there. And when it comes on you, I mean, everybody knows the story of Daniel, you know, he was praying when they told him not to pray and doing those things that he shouldn't ought to do. And so, you know, they're going to throw him in the lion's den and the king really didn't want to do it because he loved him. But he threw him in there and Daniel got in and said, now all of y'all shut up, sit down and scooch up over here. I'm going to lay down and sleep all night long on you. All the lions liked him. All the lions loved him. All the lions were gentle. You know it took the gift of faith. It takes the gift of faith to spend the night in the lion's den, honey. Huh? That ain't your regular kind of faith. Huh? Do we need this? Is this important? Daniel was not born again. He was a man with an IOU. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not children of God. They didn't have the lifeblood in them that we have in us. How many of you are thankful for the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians? How many of you are going to have great respect for that chapter in the Bible? And they're going to read it often to remind yourself. And when you get in a situation, you might be tempted to fret, worry, stew. But then something supernatural is going to come on you. Faith that produces a boldness and a confidence. A confidence that the world don't have. And they have no weapon against it. They can't understand this. Why is he not shook up about this? Why is he not screaming out for help? Because he's operating in God's kind of faith. Say amen, church. Well, I don't have time to read the story. Let's go to the ministry of Jesus. Turn to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, verse 24. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with waves, but he was asleep. (laughs) He was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. Now, they're certainly not operating in the gift of faith, I can tell you that. Huh? 
Jesus said, and he said to them, Why are you fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? He's a man, a man operating in the gift of faith, a man that can sleep in the midst of a storm, a man that can tell the, the lions to shut up tonight. You have locked jaw and you're not hungry all night. Don't even be licking on me. So I said, I don't want no animal licking on me anyhow. These people have cats around. I'm sorry, but I just. I spent the night. I went one time to, uh, when I was in the Air Force. When I was in the Air Force, I had, uh, I, they, and I had forgotten about this, and I told you this, that uh, I went to a doctor for something, a cold or something, and I was in the military, and uh, he found something. So he sent me up to Biloxi, Mississippi, to up there to take the radioisotope where you swallow some kind of stuff, iodine or something, and it goes in and does something to your thyroid glands. And so, and then they put me in that machine, that thing just, you know, like that for so long and, and all that. But I was staying with some friends that were stationed at the base and we got to know them real well because I believe the wife worked with Patsy or somehow we got to know them. And uh, they had cats in the house. Well, you know, I'm, I'm a guest in the house and I put up with it, you know. I keep my mouth shut. I just, I ain't never been fond of cats. <laughs> Matter of fact, uh, our neighbor, he, wasn't, he was less fond of them than I was. He'd tie them by the tail and hang them over a clothesline and let them kill each other. <laughs> we are! We're in this fur flying. <laughs> we were mean. That's why we, they were from Doodle Hill. We were different, strange folks. You never heard of Doodle Hill, have you? Well, anyhow, about 2.30 in the morning, my eyes popped open and there was something gurgling in my ear. <laughs> Great day, man. I like to woke up the whole house, man, coming out of there. I didn't know what it was. If I had a gun, I'd have just started shooting. I don't care. I'd have just shot. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> I didn't have to get the faith operating in me that night. I want to sleep in the back of the boat. I'll, I'll sleep in the bed, minding my own business, and this crazy cat coming there gurgling on me. You ever see how they do it, that little, something like that, right in your ear, man, your eyes pop open. I'm not accustomed to that. Kill the cat! <laughs> oh, I was glad to be leaving the next day, amen. Somebody said, but that was Jesus. No, no, Philippians tells us that he was a man that stripped himself of all of his power and authority. He was a man. He didn't do anything as God, but as a man. And then what does John 14, let's go look at it again. What does John 14 say? Here's the promise of these gifts, folks. I hear the promise of these gifts. I want another amen. amen. John 14, 12, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, how many believe on Jesus? The works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall I do because I go to my Father. And a lot of those works took the gift of faith. He spoke to the wind, and there was a great calm. Hallelujah. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. How many of you believe in this gift? Amen. That it took, how many believe it took more than your regular kind of faith? That it didn't come by just hearing. Amen. The gift of faith doesn't come by hearing the scriptures that talk about the gift of faith. Knowledge of it comes to you. Believing in it, you can. But as the spirit wills. But I think we put too much emphasis on the fact. And I don't know how we can, but when we talk about this, as the Spirit wills, and you know, God is sovereign. 
Yeah, I know he's sovereign, but most folks want to just stick him everything under sovereign. Yep. I believe you have something to do with whether the gift of faith works or not. Amen. And I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do more of it. Amen. Everybody say the works that Jesus did. Shall I do also and greater works because he went to the Father, sent the Holy Spirit, and now I have fallen in love with the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians. Amen. A lot of people have suffered shipwreck out in the waters where there are sharks. Takes the gift of faith. Takes the work of the miracles. And those who don't have the gift of faith are working the miracles. It takes the gifts of healings. Or the work of the miracles to raise them from the dead. See how we suffer because we're ignorant of these things? I would not have you. Acts chapter 9. Let's look at New Testament examples. Verse 36. Are you there yet? Now here's one. Here's a good one. Now here's one to tell you how to press in. Now there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. And it came to pass in those days that when she was sick and died, whom when they had washed, they laid her in an upper chamber. Now any time there's physical death, you might as well face it. And here's sickness involved that this woman, you've got to have all three of them operating in you. The gift of faith, the work of the miracles, and the gift of healings. She died because she was sick. Gift of faith, the raise her dead, work of the miracles, it's going to take that. You're going to have, to God, have to have God's faith. You're going to have to have the work of the miracles. And then you're going to have to have the gifts of healings. Don't you die again? Now, I don't believe God raises us from the dead to die again. Other than, than, than that normal way of just going home to be with the Lord. Whom when they had washed, they laid her in an upper chamber. And forasmuch as, as Lida was nigh to Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent unto him two men desiring him that he would not delay to come to them. Then Peter rose and went with them. When he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber, and all the widows stood by him weeping. Now you obviously, the Holy Ghost is not going to work in that. They're in unbelief. They have given up and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put them all forth and kneeled down and prayed and turning to the body said, Tabitha, arise. And when she opened her eyes and she opened her eyes and when he saw, she saw Peter, she sat up and he gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when he had called the saints and widows, presented her alive. Now, here's what Christians, when you read that, if you read it religiously, here's what you'll say. Peter put them all forth, kneeled down, prayed, and turning to him, to the body and said. Now, what he said was, Tabitha, rise, right? Now, you understand that that's going to take the gift of faith to do this, to say this. This whole thing happened, all three gifts operated, but it operated, it stemmed off the gift of faith, didn't it? So the gift of faith, the work of the miracles, the gift of healing, they all work and intertwine. These things, one supernatural, they're all supernatural. So it takes, to raise somebody from the dead, it's, it doesn't, you don't raise them by hearing. It doesn't come by hearing the word of God. I got people to come here and hear the word of God, don't even accept Jesus. Oh, I got folks that come here and they hear what I say and don't believe, have come to this church because somebody else came here and so they come, but they don't believe a thing I'm saying. And he comes out of their mouth. They don't believe a thing I'm saying. I don't believe in that tongue stuff. I don't believe the Holy Ghost stuff. And generally, if they don't believe that, they don't believe in that tithing stuff either. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, you can forget it. If you're a Christian and you don't tithe and refuse to tithe, you're never going to have these gifts working. You, you grieve the Holy Ghost. You don't have anything like this. You go ahead, when you go, and there's going to come a day in your life, honey, you're going to need one of them. Amen. If not several times in your life. And because you drew back from the word of God, wouldn't get involved in, how about people that don't get involved in church and do anything in church? Do you think, and, and hear the word and trample the blood of Jesus. They trample the word, it's preached to them, it's God's word. If he says, forsake not assembling yourselves together and you don't abide by that, you've trampled the word, you've trampled Jesus. Then you're trampling his blood. Showing you show disrespect to the word of God. You can forget about the Holy Ghost ever operating in your life. Amen. Honey, you better do everything you can to do what that Bible says. Amen. If you hear about it and you didn't know it, you start doing it right then. Amen. You don't ever know when there's a drunk coming down the highway, you're going to swerve out of the way and wrap yourself around a telephone pole. I've seen that happen. A man who grew up in church got killed. How come the gift of faith wasn't in operation? How come the work of the miracles wasn't in operation? How come the gifts of healings didn't go in operation? Because his body sure enough needed to be healed, didn't it? How come God didn't have somebody there because of his rebellion? Rebellion. You can't afford rebellion. Yeah, but I have a will of my own. I, I have my rights. <laughs> you don't have but one right. That's to obey the Bible. Amen. It's the only right you have. Amen. Some of you, just the grace of God has kept you alive. If I had not accepted the call to the ministry and God knew that I would, I believe that this day that motorcycle, I got killed on it. Years ago, I told you about going around that curve and it was too late to start leaning goofing off, riding a motorcycle over 100 miles an hour on the road. The divided lines is one solid line. All it takes is a rock. Have you ever tried to ride a big motorcycle on a gravel road? <laughs> All it takes is a little gravel to throw you. This brother right here and his family are blessed that they are, and that is an obedient, submissive man. The people in the car that were driving, they're all dead, aren't they? They still put flowers out there on 540. And in your family, you collarbone or something, and I don't think, did your wife, anything happen to her or your children? One broken arm. One broken arm? But it's repaired. Submitted to a pastor, in love with his pastor. Oh, I've never had this man. I've never asked him to do anything. And he told me, no, I'm not going to do it. If he didn't like it, he'd still do it. That's the kind of people, that was supernatural. You were protected supernaturally, brother. Amen. That night it happened. You know where pastor was? I wasn't at church tonight. It happened on Wednesday night, didn't it? I was home fighting kidney stones. Praying for the gift of faith and the work of the miracles. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you're in the midst of it, you want to say, Oh God, I love the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians. I love my pastor. Oh God, I'm going to pay all that money back I've stole from you. You lying, you're going to hell for that. Because once the pain stops, you say, Well, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to do this, Lord. 
grumbling Christians, expecting the power of God to show up in their life. I got news for you, and it's sad. All sad. Your whole family could have been killed that night. What if it had been you driving your car? Would you have been spared? Four teenagers, right? Sister Kathy, you here? Sister Kathy heard one of them breathe their last breath. She got there right behind it. Made national, I don't know how far the news it went. That thing was all over about that accident. We've been out of the will of God so many times in our life. And God's grace has spared us. But honey, you know better now. You better not ever get caught up in strife in this church talking about a pastor. Talking about people. Get over this junk. Let's go on with God. Amen. Amen. I have to fight it all the time. I have to resist this stuff all the time. But I'm mad at the devil. Folks, listen, who's your enemy? It's the devil. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, do we? It is not people. They're just stupid. Another way for saying it is, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They're stupid. If they had known, they would not have done it. The devil's stupid. If he had known, Paul said, he, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. And I, you, you can play around with this if you want to, honey. But honey, I, when it comes time, I thank God that I already knew about it. I already believe in it. I'm not going to resist him. I remember when uh, David Horton told me that Brother Hagin told him that there was a judgment day for the ministry and that God would judge me more on things by a stronger judgment than he does you because the greater judgment, greater condemnations upon us we that are teachers. And that there's a judgment day for the ministry. They get in the will of God or in their mid-50s, 56, 57, right along there. They go home. I obey God because I want to. I want to live long. I want to serve Him. I want to be able to show Him something. Amen. I preach it hard. I preach it strong. I don't apologize for it. And the flakes just fall off everywhere, don't they? Christians, let me tell you, when it comes time, you need that gift. You know what? And I took off from New York and flew to Paris. There's a lot of water between New York and Paris. (laughs) A lot. And if it goes down, you can't get up a carload and go walk down to the street and get a cab. Huh? I thank God for the power of God. Amen. 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 I thank God for faith. I thank God for the ministering angels. I put them to work when I get on planes. Amen. Amen. I bind everything negative I can think of. But I know when it all, when I've gotten to the end of my rope, that's when God's supernatural power comes and take up the slack. Are you with me? He said, my grace is sufficient. Grace is charis. These gifts are charis gifts. They're grace gifts. And a lot of times 
we have received them when we didn't earn them. They're just gifts to us. But people that choose sometimes to resist the Holy Ghost and they wonder why God's power don't show up. Attitudes. Wrong. I don't care if you didn't say anything. I'm telling you a wrong attitude will shut down the power of God in your life. If you can't get yourself to the place where you can love me, if you're so critical about me, if that's the way it is, you just need to go somewhere else before something happens. Just find you somebody you, that will do everything you want them to. I don't, you'll be looking next time I see you, but anyhow. That, <laughs> where were we? Now what's this? I done got carried away here. Peter, see the church thinks that Peter just went, have the rise. There's some keys here. This woman's dead. She's sick and she died. Number one, he's got to get the unbelief out, the whiners, or he knows the Holy Ghost ain't going to work. Remember Mark 6? Jesus could there do no mighty work because of their unbelief. Well, these people crying, that means what? Their hope is gone. All they see is a dead person. Peter sees her alive. Okay? So he had to get the unbelief out. That's the first key. Number two, what did he do? He prayed. He knows he's got to have the power of God. He he's available. He believes in the power of God. He believes in what Jesus told him. He believes in the miraculous. He's already seen it happen. I mean, it started in the book of Acts and it's just going on. So he's got to have that gift. He's available. But he prays. And it, what it doesn't say is how long he prayed before the gift sh showed up. Right. Now, we think, you know, Peter being one of the apostles, he just did a, his prayer was so specially anointed that he said four or five words and uh, boom, it hit him. I told you about in the state of Kansas, I was called to preach a funeral to raise the dead, a child. And what, what was about the story was the fact that when the baby had died, no heartbeat. The nurse was there. One of the ladies, I think, was a nurse, and there was no heartbeat. I would think a nurse should be qualified to know when somebody's dead or not. Now, legally, you've got to have a doctor uh, pronounce But if there's no breath, no something on the mirror when you're trying to get set, and no heartbeat, no pulse, none at all, nine out of ten times they're dead. <laughs> Unless maybe they've eaten that fish. Remember there's a frog or something they eat over in, or a toadfish or something over in. Here's your sign. <laughs> People, you heard about that thing they eat? And it, yeah, there's some kind of, it's like a, a toadfish where it swells up. A little, like a, you might have seen them, but it's especially, they're supposed to be a rare delicacy and they eat it and it'll affect your nervous system and you think, they think you're dead. Well, this child had not eaten that, Okay. <laughs> All night long and in the morning, the body was still warm. Now, I believe what happened. And because of the length of the time it took, they gave up. I believe that it stayed there. The gift of faith would have showed up. I believe, because you know something's bound to be happening. Rigo had not set in. How long does it take for a person that did rigor mortis set in? A couple hours. Well, we're talking about all night long. So there's plenty of time. You've had plenty of time to get hard now. Stiff. You're not doing it. Arms just as like that. But there's no pulse. The heartbeat. And so I, I was called to a church. First church of unbelief to raise a child from dead. And the whole church. Ain't nobody in there believing. The Holy Ghost is not going to move in that. I figured that out. 
And they're certainly not going to stay here and pray with me until the power shows up. They've given you, now you got about, you know, 20, 30 minutes and you just preach this funeral here. Let's get it done. Get out of here now because we got food cooking downstairs. <laughs> I believe he prayed, Peter prayed until power hit him. And then when power hit him, that's it. He's got it. Still the time is up. Rise. And with a boldness and a confidence. So this is beyond your ordinary faith. And it took all three of the power gifts working in his life. These gifts are as the Spirit wills. The Holy Spirit never wills in an atmosphere of unbelief. Mark 6 tells us that. It means that the Spirit didn't will. So we saw the three keys that Peter did there. Smith Wigglesworth said, if the Spirit doesn't move though, I move the Spirit. A lady was dead and Wigglesworth said he prayed until he got to the end of his faith. He said, uh, his faith said, kept saying, no, no, no. But then he said another faith came upon him that said, yes, yes, yes. And he said that that faith would not be denied. In Acts chapter four, they prayed. And I believe they prayed beyond their faith because it caused a miracle to happen. The whole place was shaken. Are you with me, church? Acts chapter 13. Let's look at this one right quick. Here's another one with judgment. Acts 13 verse eight. But Elamus, the sorcerer, for so his name by interpretation, withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Then Saul, who is also called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him and said, O full of all subtlety and all mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? And now, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. Did Paul say it? What happened? And immediately there fell on him a mist and a darkness and he went about seeking some to lead him away. So God looked at his words. Whatever he said, it was the same as God saying it. I think that's the gift of faith. That would be beyond your ordinary regular kind, wouldn't it? Amen. Now, in Acts chapter 16, right quick, look at verse 16. And it came to pass that we went to prayer. Certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, brought her masters much gain by their soothsaying. And then Paul speaks to her now, Brother Hagin says it takes the gift of faith to cast demons out like this. That's what he told us. But it's not your regular, ordinary faith that you believe for God, for things. This is not, we got scripture for it that tells us to do it. And it says that signs will follow us. And the first sign is we are to cast out devils, aren't we? Huh? So then we ought to expect it happening. Supernatural power to come. I've seen people try to cast demons out and nothing came out. Well, if we tell them to come out under the anointing, they got to go. Amen. These are just some of the examples of the Bible, in the Bible of the gift of faith. Remember, it says the Spirit wills and He never wills in unbelief. So if you are available, you know of and believe in this gift, then you are in a good position to receive the gift. I remember once, I told you about the baby here. So I, I, how many would just say to me, Heavenly Father, thank you for the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians. Thank you for the gift of faith. Everybody stand. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, all of us here are in agreement about this gift, right? Yes. All of us here believe in this gift. Is anybody here that does not believe in it? If you don't believe in it, go outside now. Don't sit here if you do not believe in this gift. I only want people in here that believe in it. If you believe in it, say amen. Everybody say an amen. amen. Say it again. I believe, I believe. in the 12th, 12th chapter, 1 Corinthians. Corinthians. I, believe I believe in the gift of faith. The gift of faith. 
a supernatural endowment by the Spirit of God coming upon me, producing God's faith in me to believe for a miracle. And when I speak, it'll be the same as God speaking and my words shall come to pass. All right, would you head bowed your eyes closed? Everybody pray, say, Heavenly Father, we are desperate for this gift, the gift of working of miracles and the gifts of healings. We believe in them. We set ourselves in agreement that they will operate in our lives. We are available. We thank you for them ahead of time. Thank you, Father, that is Pastor Jim and the team go to Africa. That all, the whole team and Pastor Jim will flow in the gifts of the Spirit. Thank you for the revelation gifts, the gift of the word of wisdom. Thank you for the gift of discerning of spirits. Thank you for the gift of the word of knowledge. I believe that they will operate in those gifts. But thank you most of all, Father, for the power gifts. We've got to have the power gifts. We believe in them. We have a right attitude towards them. And we have a right attitude towards you, our brother, our sister, our fellow man. We're walking in love. And we believe in the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians. We have great respect for the Holy Ghost and his ministry. He lives in us and he will produce through us the manifestations of the Spirit given to us to profit with all as the Spirit wills. He never wills in unbelief, but He always wills where there is faith. There is faith in us. So in the name of Jesus, as Pastor Jim and the ministry team go to Kinshasa, they will flow freely in the revelation gifts and primarily in the power gifts. God will show himself alive by many infallible proofs through the gifts of the Spirit. The gift of faith, the working of miracles, and the gifts of healings. In Jesus' name, we thank you, give you glory, honor, and praise. And the church said amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 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 Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you, makes no difference, who comes here and how to preach are thankful for what you have? Amen. Here all the time. Amen. Amen. We've got to have a change in this church. Things have got to change. Things cannot stay the same. Amen. We need to press ourselves in. I told the people Monday night that I'm going to put a push on you now. We've played around long enough. Remember how your parents used to say, now you have messed around long enough. We've got to have a change. We've got to have God show up here. In our music, our worship, we need times of worship. We need to start flowing in the gifts. But folks, just coming to church 
or just showing up once in a while, you could take it or leave it. That's a wrong attitude. And the Holy Spirit, I can tell you this right now, the reason we've been hindered with all the word he has brought this people, with the great non-compromising word he has brought this church and these people, the Holy Ghost is grieved. And we got to get him ungrieved. And it's up to us to do it. Listen, folks, we cannot live our lives just for ourselves anymore. We have to get committed somewhere and be part of something. We have to live straight. New Year's Eve night, if you won't hear, you're out of the will of God. That was get right night. Amen. That was, I ain't ever had it happen like that. And you know, many years we've had this. I mean, the Holy Ghost was saying, get yourself right. You know, we've had people here working in the ministry, working here, standing up in front of folks who refuse to tithe, grieve the Holy Ghost. How can the Holy Ghost anoint that when he knows it's a rebellious spirit? It is rebellion. We're part of a team. If you can't trust God with your money, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. If you don't know by now that God's bigger than all your problems, He's got, a, he's got a miracle. Did you know what? God would make every one of you so rich you couldn't stand it if you'd sell out 100% to him, if you'd believe him for it. A lot of folks, he blesses them a little bit and he can't trust them. They'll get blessed and quit on church and just play around and do like they want to, but you let something bad happen in their life, man, they're in my office and they're praying at the altar, wanting to do what's right. It's a shame when folks have to go through things like that that are bad. Have I been a good pastor? Yes. Are you serious? I mean, look, have I, am I a good pastor? Am I just, just some hard-headed, hard-nosed guy? What, what, I'm straightforward. But I'll tell you the truth because I love you. Amen. Sister told me today talking to her. She said, Pastor, I've been all over. She said, I've said under name brand. I even visited another church and I knew I didn't belong there. She said, nobody, nobody gives it to us like you do. I mean, am I preaching the word? Sometimes I wonder, am I just, you know, I, I'm just going to deal with what the word says. Maybe I don't have all of those great leadership skills they're talking about. They have all these leadership meetings and that's what makes a great church. You're not going to do what the Bible is. I don't care how many leadership meetings you have. <laughs> leadership means what? Show people by example how you live. What you stand for. And we ought to stand for something in life. But the church is playing. You know it's true. You might as well say amen. It's true anyhow. And you folks here feel like you were called into the ministry. It's not going to get any better. The Bible doesn't tell us it's going to get any better. Well... I believe in leadership. I believe in all of that. And maybe we have to have more of that, but I'll just bring you workers together. I expect every one of you to get involved in this church. You come here and you eat my word that I give you. You pay where you get your groceries. You go down to Winn-Dixie and get their food, then go over to Food Line and pay them. They're going to lock you up in jail. You send your money out to some TV preacher. He's not your pastor. 
You have somebody, you're in the hospital and you want somebody to come visit you, you call it TV preacher. Jesus didn't say anything about these signs shall follow TV believers who follow TV preachers. They're fine in their place, folks, but they're not your pastor. I'm the guy here for you every day. Amen. 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 Things have to change. I have great vision here. This, I'm going to be honest with you, cut the tape off. 